ladies, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, for those who have been following our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, we are finally about to be up to date with all of the SquareCast, all of the This Week in Nickelodeon episodes. It is finally happening, and once everything is caught up, I will be dropping more video-specific content. So follow us on YouTube. I've actually changed the YouTube channel over to just being Captain Eric since I will be featuring a bit more uh, video content on there above just the podcast. So if you would like to see more out of what I make in terms of Nickelodeon content, video, and otherwise, follow me over on the Captain Eric YouTube channel. Links for all of that will be in the podcast description below. Joining me on this week's episode of the Squarecast is my good friend Colin. Colin moved up here from Georgia to the Northeast about two years ago to further his education. And while he has spent time up here working, going to school, we've also spent a fair amount of time talking about entertainment, what we like, what we dislike. We've bonded a ton over a bunch of different things in entertainment, including SpongeBob SquarePants. So I knew before he continued his path alongside his career, he would have to come aboard and be a part of the Squarecast at least for one episode. So please enjoy this wonderful conversation I have with my good friend, Colin. We talk about everything with SpongeBob. We get into some crusty love and we just have an overall wonderful conversation. So it was an absolute honor to have him on board. And I just know that whatever he does out there in the world is going to be greatly beneficial to every person that comes across his path. So uh, best of luck with everything you decide to do with your career, Colin. Can't wait to see what you do, friend. And we'll make sure to get you on a future episode. But before before we get into today's episode of Krusty Love, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get right back, we'll hop right into the episode. Scrumptious, curvy cutie. I see her, Mr. Krabs. A Krabby Patty with cheese. The classic. Not the sandwich, boy. The curvy cutie holding the sandwich. Hey, that's my driving teacher, Mrs. Pop. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. You want me to run down to the store and buy Mrs. Pop something she doesn't need? Then you want me to run back here so you can say, Arr, SpongeBob, and you're spending all me money. And then I'll say, but Mr. Krabs, I'm only doing what you said. Then you'll say, we're not talking about this or this. We're talking about this. It's all about that crusty love. I don't know about you, but... Whatever you, <laughs> whatever you take away from that, it's all about you, baby. We're talking crustaceans. Crustaceans. Crustaceans and blowfish, apparently. Um, I'm joined today by my good friend, Colin, 
who is not making his podcast debut, but is making his SpongeBob podcast debut, I reckon. Absolutely. I don't think you've been on any other SpongeBob podcasts. This is the first and this is the best one. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's what I love hearing, my friend. Um, man, so today we, we were talking about Krusty Love, the uh, second part to the 36th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiering on September 6th, 2002. Now, you and I, over the last couple of years, have had many conversations about what we loved watching when we were kids growing up, our childhoods, yes, yes, yes. Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. But I'm going to ask you here, what's what's your earliest memories of SpongeBob? Did you watch SpongeBob as a kid or is it something you found as an adult? No, nah, man. SpongeBob is something that has been with me and my sisters since day one. In fact, that's probably the first show that we would get together and watch, make sure that we caught episodes and everything. I remember my first ever episode was the pizza delivery. And oh, I what an episode to start with. boxing for so long because of that episode. I mean, it was so great. The dances, the tornadoes, all of it just wrapped in just joy. I can't believe you started out with that, though. That's an incredible That's an incredible episode to start out with for Amen. SpongeBob. It really was. It really was. And from then on, you know, I just got that SpongeBob addiction. And I, here I am. The only episodes I haven't seen are the ones that just came out, I feel like. Yeah, and you're and you said your you know your family also watched SpongeBob, and even together, you guys through the uh, pandemic would get together and have like regular movie nights where you watch watch movies and TV shows. And I think you mentioned SpongeBob was thrown in the rotation in somewhere in there. Absolutely, man. In fact, uh, around when the quarantine started, we probably went through about three seasons straight of SpongeBob. We were watching the episode or two every night. See, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. It's certainly, a fir- you know, the, fir- the first few seasons are certainly bingeable. Um, I- I'm sure the later seasons, when we when we get to them here in the show, I'll, I'll discover that out for myself. But I-, I could watch those original seasons, like, on repeat all day, every day. Absolutely, man. You know, taught me how to tie my shoes. You know, <laughs> taught me how to fight off nematodes. It's, it's been great. Ta- taught you how to be a good noodle. A good noodle, bro. That's what's most important. Got to get those stars. You, you got to wake up in the morning and achieve those stars that life hands you. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. called just karma right there. It really is. I mean, look, they, what was it? They did everything they could for the egg. Mr. Puff saw it and she was happy to give them the star because she knew they were good folk. That's all it takes, man. What's your favorite cartoon that you had as a kid? Like, is it different than what you've eventually grown up to, to love? You know, believe it or not, a lot of my childhood cartoons have still carried weight with me to this day. But, you know, I grew up in the prime time of cartoons. You know, we had Ed, Ed, Nettie. You know, we had SpongeBob. We had Jimmy Neutron. We had the OG Fairly Odd Parents. All of those, man, they just brought so many great memories. So many great movies. Firing on cylinders, too. Both really like, I know everybody has their preference on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, but there's this good five to six year span that if you were watching either or you couldn't go wrong because there was just gold on both networks absolutely man even even the old school disney stuff man disney xd all that you know they had the jackie chan adventures they had kick batowski american dragon jake long man i loved it i love it i liked i liked american dragon jake long and i love the proud family which i'm glad is coming back too absolutely man Apps. American Dragon Jake Long should come back too, and a lot of people turned down that the animation style change for the second season. But I really thought that with that animation change and the writing change, like they finally found their footing as a show. Absolutely, man. It I don't really, know. It really took off after the first season. You know, the first season was like kind of like enough to get you to wonder about what's going to happen. You know, wonder about you know how is the rest of the show going to play out. And then the second season, they came in revamped, fresh, and just hit you where it was great. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a solid show. 
where does SpongeBob fit in now? I'm sure your parents were they were well, well aware of everything, most of the things you guys were into, or at least a, a TV shows, movies. Where does SpongeBob land for them? Was was he on the annoying scale for them, or was he passable? Was it just? In fact, SpongeBob was probably the most tolerable cartoon show we had. You know, uh, it didn't have too much, you know, boogers and it's not like that, like Grim Adventures and stuff. So my parents, I was didn't really make thinking Billy that, and Mandy, they probably you know? might have not wanted. And around. it didn't. It also didn't have the whole, you know, talking of idiots and stuff like that. That may have came with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You know, it was always light. You know, a lot of the jokes that maybe I wouldn't get as a child, my parents knew that I wouldn't get them as a child, but I would still be able to laugh at them. Right, you know? right. So it was, it was great. You know, they didn't really mind it. It was one show that they would be like, hey, you. You know what we'll throw spongebob on for you you know in fact it was my sixth birthday one of the best toys i've ever gotten in my life it was a spongebob animatronic toy where you would push the button and he would give different quips or he would start singing random spongebob songs played with that thing until the batteries inside of it died out dude spongebob had some of the best toys when like from the original run and everything like there's some good classic toys there that are still functional to this day and still worthwhile tracking down absolutely man i mean it was spongebob really it it's what got me into cartoons, and it's definitely what helped me stay in cartoons. Yeah, yeah, and 20 years later, still still kicking, and we're going to be here celebrating SpongeBob's 30th because I can't, I can't see some of these shows reaching 30 and then SpongeBob fizzling out before then. I mean, no way. even with all of these spinoffs, I don't think it's ever going to deter classic SpongeBob being a thing on television that people want to see. SpongeBob will last for generations, primarily because parents you know when we become parents and stuff like that we know spongebob is an okay show for us to throw on for our kids you know because you know what one we're gonna watch the episodes with them so now you've got that bond created and two it's just something that everybody has to experience the dynamic of each character what they represent i mean really i don't want to get too deep into it but you know spongebob it's great it really uh really hits you with all the angles that you need and it doesn't overwhelm you at all it's truly timeless and it is something you're that's absolutely right that generational uh, part where one generation will grow up with something and then they want to share that with their kids. I mean, my mother did that to an extent with movies that she loved, and I'm sure your parents did that to an extent with like, hey, I really enjoyed this when I was your age, and I want to show it to you and see how you enjoy it. Absolutely, man. I mean, what I look like watching I Love Lucy, but I can tell you I've probably seen well over 30 episodes. Oh, my goodness. Fred and Ethel living next door. I know oh, that's man. I know that stuff by the back of my hand. Yeah. Nick at Night with my mother was, was what we was what we got, like bonded over. Man. Like, she would sit through Rugrats, but then the Nick at Night stuff is what she really got into, and then I was able to see that and go, okay, I want to get into it too because exactly. my mom was into it. Exactly, man. And that's I think that's the kind of set that we're going to have with SpongeBob. You know, There's no way, especially I know myself, when I have kids, there's no way that I'm not going to get excited during SpongeBob episodes, and they're going to see that. you know. And then I'm hoping that's what sparks, you know, what got you so excited, and then here we are having dinner, chopping it up, talking about SpongeBob. See? That's what it's all about. It's just about bringing us together. It's kind of the point of this podcast, really – Talking about SpongeBob is the secondary part. It is really just about meeting new people. This glue that brings us together called entertainment because there's always something in entertainment you can find that people lo- like. You can find two radically different people that have completely different political views. I'm sure you can find a TV show or a movie that they both really dig and that they could have like a hour long conversation Absolutely, talking over. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in complete agreement. You know, like you said, you know, entertainment is that bridge. You know, you can you can walk out of a conversation knowing, hey, you know what? We may have different views, but I know that guy's thinking right because he watches that show. You know, yeah. 
it's why I love movie theaters so much. And that's why, like, I never fear about movie theaters going away because I think there's enough people like me who feel that camaraderie with a broad audience that you have no idea names, backgrounds, none, none of that matters. The lights go off. You're just all there viewing the same movie, laughing at the same parts, crying at the same parts. You walk out at the same time together. Stuff like that is fantastic. And especially when you have SpongeBob, which has now reached 20 years and has reached multiple generations. Like now we have multiple people that know about this show across the world. You could wear a SpongeBob shirt travel all the way over to a country where you don't even speak the same language and you're guaranteed to run into a kid or an adult who knows who SpongeBob is and can Absolutely. point to that and go and put a smile on their face. Absolutely, man. I mean, speaking of movie theaters, one of the best movies I saw in theaters was the SpongeBob movie, man. I remember I was I was so young. My Nana took me and the scene, you know, the, the dreadful scene where everybody thought they dried out underneath the lamp. Yeah. I mean, it was me bunch of other kids some parents who gasped i mean we gasped in the movie theater over that one scene yeah and then we cheered as hard as the pirates yeah yeah it was crazy man it was it was great you know and those kind of experiences like you said you know we're all going into one place we're like hey you know what we're gonna all share this emotional experience whether it's laugh cries anger it doesn't matter because you know what you're walking out of that theater you go up to a stranger that you were in that movie with and be like hey man what you think of the movie and boom you just had a great connection right then based on a movie that y'all just happened to see together yeah that's what's that's what's really special about our culture and pretty much all cultures because everyone's got movie theaters. Every country's got movie theaters, televisions to an extent, and we can all the idea of sitting around and watching something together and finding that enjoyment. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos where there's countries where there might be like one TV in town and they all get together to watch the Olympics or the World Cup and something big happens and they that moment is captured where everybody is crowded around that one screen and you, everybody cheers. I mean, look, that has nothing to do with SpongeBob, but at the same time, like the fact that we're all looking to just be entertained and eventually you're just going to run into somebody that finds that same entertainment and find some common ground. It's kind of what's really nice about it. It really is, man. And it's reassuring. You know, it it feels good. Yeah. It's it's just nice. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, you know, we're humans and we can still have great interactions like this, even if we don't know each other, you know? So that's it's real nice. But, you know, SpongeBob. SpongeBob's SpongeBob a true is, is connection, true. man. Is He's a true, true connection. connection. Um, now, as far as this episode goes, this this is a, a new venture for a lot of these characters because this is the first episode in which Mrs. Puff is a central character that her uh, her driving school has no no bearing on the plot whatsoever. And we're also seeing Mr. Krabs in a dating sense, which for the entire series we've known that Mr. Krabs has a daughter, but is divorced or widowed or or likewise, but is not seeing anybody and doesn't really seem interested in the sort until this episode. It's a really interesting dynamic to go down. Mr. Krabs being the, the romantic and especially Mrs. Puff of all characters being on the other side of that. It's and put yourself in SpongeBob shoes. Imagine, imagine if you will, your boss being interested in your teacher, right? You know, I mean, you know, on that note, shout out to SpongeBob for being the ultimate wingman. Yeah, yeah. Zero hesitation. Zero hesitation. The minute he found out that his boy was loving the girl that he knew, he was like, let me set that up for you. Without hesitation. This is so great. He even was was there to to mention that when Mr. Krabs got upset that she might be taken due to her having the the suffix misses. Right. 
Uh, no, SpongeBob is there to remind him. No, no, she's single. Right. Like she is definitely on the market. But know? we do get the harrowing scene of the fact that uh, Mr. Puff at some point was taken out of the ocean and as as pictured in the SpongeBob movie was made into a sun-dried uh, appliance of some sort of light electronic. Right. And, you know, I think that little scene is a great, you know, expression of how great SpongeBob can be. You know, even in all that, they still hint back to the fact that, hey, these are creatures under the water. You know, the world around them still exists. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, like it's bad not stuff just still Bikini happens. Bottom. You know, and like it was with the imported musician. You know, they had a scuba diver down there. So you're <laughs> seeing already two connections of human of life and human reaction outside of Bikini Bottom and in Bikini Bottom, yet it still manages to focus on the sea creatures themselves. Absolutely. Um, speaking of that, uh, Shell City, which was the was the sun dried drop, the right. the, sh- the sun dried shop, and I, I think on a pier, or at least there was a pier near it. It was on mm-hmm. the beach where you could just go in and buy dried out fish in little fun arrangements and whatnot. If you go back and watch, there is a puffer fish that is fixated as a light in that shop right now is that mr puff i'm not entirely sure but it would be interesting if it was no i wouldn't i wouldn't deny that it is because the only kind of thing that we saw of mr puff was like you said he was a light fixture and he appeared to be a hanging light fixture and those kind of things can easily be swapped on the lamps can be swapped on the other things right right you know if he's acting as though just being the bulb i i can definitely see that that being him inside of old shell city would, I, I, I've always, I mean, in my opinion, I think it is him because it's just, it's such a good callback to that moment. Here we are in season two and the idea that sea creatures, like sun-dried sea creatures exist, which I don't think for a lot of kids knew about, knew that about uh, like souvenir shops no way. watching this episode. I mean, you probably only know about those things if you live near a shore or you go into those souvenir shops and they happen to have those kind of items. Right, right, man. And, you know, uh, this is another instance of them highlighting, again, you know, the dangers that's in Bikini Bottom. Because what, you know, you had the episode with the hooks. What happened with Patrick? You know, you have all the yeah, other situations yeah. where, you know, people come back in tuna cans, you know, and that kind of juxtaposition is crazy, you know, because it's like, hey, you know, these these are the real dangers that affect sea creatures, you know. And they're also just trying to live their life, you know. So it's crazy, and I think that's unique to SpongeBob itself in that kind of show. It like yeah, it, 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 they can take a dark comedy route with some of these moments, and um, it, it's always eye-opening a right. little bit because I don't think, especially, I don't think kids would ever think about the idea that fish, especially that moment in the movie, like the idea that fish would be taken out of the water, dried out, and then made into fixtures Man. and just funny little dioramas crazy stuff um now of course mr krabs we, we got a really funny scene of him trying to talk to mrs puff um unsuccessfully to the point that spongebob has to basically um interpret his gibberish as right. him trying to ask mrs puff out on a date which Hey, look, kudos to SpongeBob, even though he says some pretty funny things before then, he eventually gets to the right answer. Um, But it's adorable. It's adorable to see a character that up to this point is so, so prideful, so boastful, just just 
fall into himself as he's trying to talk to a pretty girl. Absolutely. And in that scene, you know, we saw every every wrong guest was like crushing Mr. Krabs, you know, because Mrs. Puff would give uh, a, a not so great reaction. He wants to hit you with reaction. a rake? Yeah. Like, you know, he wants to guess your weight, you know, and they're all like the things that, you know, they almost say you should never say to women, you know. Uh, yeah, you would you not want to say that want to say what you weight, like you know, or like anyone that. you like and it's, for that matter. And it's so funny because you see the desperation in Mr. Krabs of trying to get to the date but he really, he just cannot get it out. You know, it's crazy. Eventually, eventually uh, we get it out. She agrees to a date to Mr. Krabs. Mm-hmm. She definitely is attracted to him. Um, and they go out to this fancy restaurant, which if you weren't sure of it being fancy, then you should just take a look at the name of the restaurant, which is literally fancy. Right. With an exclamation point. To let you know that it's fancy. And I like that it's a ship in a bottle. Like, I can see people sitting in a room going, okay, we have to make a fancy restaurant under the ocean. What are they walking into? Like, what is the fanciest thing that could fall from the surface world that could be made into a restaurant, a, a ship in a bottle? It's it's so kind, it's kind of ironic. It is, man. It is. And because, you know, what do you look at when you see a ship in a bottle? The, the, the details, the right. difficulty of making it. And of course, for it to be the most high-end restaurant, you know, it just kind of fits. It makes sense that something so hard to make and to achieve would be the highest end restaurant for them. You know, yeah, and high end it was. High end it was. Mr. Krabs pulled out all the stops to make sure that this evening was one to remember, including getting some foreign music. Which, by the way, you mentioned the the sea diver. We get a live action yeah. diver playing the piano. Although he's uh he's not adorned with any scuba gear other than literally just a snorkel and a mask. Talk about breath control. Man. Talk about breath control. That man is wonderful. Uh, he's got it under control, but um, we get this really funny scene where Mr. Krabs gets a bill for a hundred bucks and flips out, which then turns out to be the wrong bill. And he gets the right one, which I think was worth a hundred grand thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. Now, I have been to some fancy restaurants and I've been to some restaurants that I would say are low end fancy. The ones that like are like the the restaurants you would only go to a couple times a year because it's a little bit more expensive than your average restaurant. But it's not like super fancy. You can still walk in with jeans and a T-shirt, kind of like the Cheesecake Factory. Right. Right. I'm getting it. But if I went to the Cheesecake Factory, a dinner for two. And I pulled out all the stops and they handed me a bill for a hundred bucks. I am not saying a word. Right. That's a good date. That's a good date. (laughs) You're telling me you went to the fanciest restaurant, Bikini Bottom, and it only cost you a hundred bucks for two people. And you're going to yell about that. See, but what's so great about that is in the beginning of the episode, we get to see him freaking out over a penny. Yes, he does. We, the gag in which he is able to, no, mind you, from his office, he is able to sniff out or know that there's a penny missing in the tr- in the drawer. Right. He's able to pick up the drawer and through holding and sniffing it is able to know exactly the amount is in there. That's impressive. Impressive, man. Impressive. That's and nobody impressive. even bats an eye at it. It's just expected, you know? He's he's a he's a human money scale because on those things that they know exactly by weight, you know, what you're putting on them. Right. Man, Mr. Krabs there. Jeez. But yeah, but yeah a penny, he's crying over it. And then here he is, $100,000 on a date. 
Yeah, he deserves it for complaining about 100 Yeah, bucks. just a little bit, Fully man. Just karma. <laughs> just karma on his part. I mean, he had a whole limo. He had massages during dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah mid-meal mid massages. Right, mid yeah. Mid-horse massages. Mid There's a little character under the table massaging Mrs. Puff's feet. That's incredible. Fancy yeah. restaurant. 100 bucks. he was complaining about. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Um, now, of course, now having after having spending $100,000 on a dinner date, Goes to SpongeBob the next morning and is completely upset about this. Apparently, now he makes it seem like it's a lot of his or it's all of his money, but then he leads on that there's re there's a rest of it. There's still a chunk of his money. Dude, this guy is more loaded than he gives on because it seems like every purchase should be the one that kills him, like puts him in the red. But then somehow he still has money for the next. Still purchase. has money for the next purchase, man. So I don't know how much money he legitimately has, but. It's hard to scale because, you know, he is. He's so stingy and he's so greedy that, you know, he makes a $1 bill like it's $1,000. So it's it's hard to kind of gauge. But, I mean, as we'll find out later in the podcast when we talk about the rest of the episode, he uh, he gets pretty quick with tossing the money around. He, he, he does. Now, he, he brings SpongeBob. They have a wonderful date the night of the, uh, of the fancy restaurant. So nice, in fact, that they decide to plan another, another date the next night. But, of course, they're fine with making it a, a more lighter date, a more uh, reasonable date for your wallet, a nice walk in the park. Which, a nice walk in the park. A nice walk. Even a first date would be reasonable, a nice walk, just to be able to talk and get to know somebody. You don't really need to go to a fancy dinner for your first date, but Mr. Krabs is really trying to impress Mrs. Puff here. Pulls out all the stops, man. Pulls them all out. Pulls Again, you see the great wingman of SpongeBob. What does he do? He gives up his whole day to be Mr. Krabs' financial yeah. advice. He has a day off from the Krusty Krab, a day where he doesn't have to see this guy. And this guy shows up at his house, complains about the amount of money he spent, and inquires that SpongeBob tag along with them on their date just to make sure that he doesn't spend money. But of course, SpongeBob is probably the worst character to get for this situation because while he respects Mr. Krabs and wants to keep his wallet safe, he also respects Mr. Krabs and wants to buy him everything that he asks for. Right. Because at the end of the happy. day, it's his money and it's his boss. And, I mean, he's getting confusing, conflicting information here. So we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, though, because now that they showed up to Mrs. Puff's house, um, a few key moments during their conversation here, Mr. Krabs picks up on and decides that he needs to purchase... Literally anything that Mrs. Puff mentions possibly needing, even if it's something that she already owns. Exactly. Exactly. It's like he doesn't even hear her say, no, don't do it. Because in his mind, buying it is the best way to earn favor. You know, and he is still thinking that this is all a reach that he's, you know, he's having to close this gap between him and Mrs. Puff. Yeah. So what's yeah. the fastest way to do it? Shower them in gifts. Well, some people, yeah, people have different ways in showing their love. Some people are very vocal. Some people are very physical. Some people like purchasing gifts. Like, right. I'm that kind of person. If I if I want to show you how much I care about you, I want to get you a gift that wasn't just quickly purchased at a store, but something that might have some meaning behind it if it is quickly purchased at a store. Like either way, like there was thought put behind that gift. Exactly. Exactly, man. And I get that, you know. I'm definitely one was that they say the words of affirmation. You know, I love to flowery speech to to say what I feel to let you know, you know, and that's I kind of look like what we were getting in the episode. Mrs. Puff 
every time she tried to say what she do or try to say how she felt, Mr. Krabs would hear that and receive it as, let me get you a gift. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Yeah. So it was just a, a simple case of people trying to express love, but that misunderstanding getting in the way. Well, his life, his life revolves around money. Right. His two loves, right? His he two said. loves. And in his world, receiving money, receiving gifts is the greatest thing ever. So, of course, his idea of how to show love would be to shower someone in gifts. Absolutely. He does this with his daughter. He does this with Mrs. Puff. At their beck and whim, whatever they want, he gets them because he knows on his end, when he gets gifts, it's the greatest thing in the world. Or if he decides to steal them, like we have found out in previous episodes, when he really <laughs> wants something. Uh, I actually have a full list of everything that Mrs. Uh, that Mr. Krabs ends up buying Mrs. Puff. Uh, I don't have an exact dollar amount here, but um, some of these things we can bring up. He starts out with flowers, right? Which, you know what? Justified. A SpongeBob is very justified in this situation because it is a very cheap gift to get, and it is a nice start to a date, especially a nice walk in the park. So, right, a set of flowers not that bad. The next thing is a is a box of chocolates. The biggest box of chocolates. Well, see, that's where SpongeBob done messed up because, to be fair, I don't think anyone asked for the biggest box. He just asked for a box of chocolates. He didn't have to go buy the biggest. So Mr. Krabs, I think, in that one is justified in being angry with SpongeBob. Right, because he didn't even react too much when he brought the flowers to him. You know, yeah, it was... he just handed them right over, yeah. and then that was it. And then he, he was like, "Oh, and here's your box of chocolates." Right, and that's when he was wrong. Uh, the uh, the the first big item here though is a sun hat, which Mrs. Puff. That was the first item she mentioned that she wanted to grab a hat. She has one already. She right. didn't need a new one. But Mr. Krabs is so gets these love sickened eyes with hearts in the middle of them, and just becomes blinded by the fact that he's just spending needless money at this point. Exactly. He heard, "I need a hat," and that's all he wants. He wants to be the fixer. He wants to be the go get it for her. Um, the next, the next bit of amount, like this guy spends a lot of money. We have a fur coat, a pair of shoes, fine jewelry, an umbrella, a bicycle. Right. We're going to stop there for a second. Cause a bike is not expensive. That's a, that's at least hundred, 150 at least, bucks. At least, um, an umbrella. It's not, you know, Hey, it looked like a pretty bucks. fancy umbrella, fine jewelry. I'm guessing at least a hundred bucks there. Shoes and a fur coat. Not, not an mm. expensive items, Mm-mm. a surfboard. Yeah. I'm kind of questioning what Mrs. Puff could have possibly said that made Mr. Krabs go bicycle and surfboard. Right. There, I mean, I have no idea what the correlation no, could have been. Uh, a grandfather clock. That's a that's an expensive item, a depending on what kind of grandfather clock. An anchor weight. Yeah, I noticed that. It looked like it was two anchors on a bar. Yeah. Like, you got her workout equipment? Yeah, yeah. she must have made, mentioned something about get, needing to get stronger. Uh, a television. Yeah. She got a TV out of the deal. Uh, a canopy bed. Yeah, because she was sitting on it outside. Once again, those are two very expensive gifts. An entire television and a canopy bed. Uh, golf clubs, a teddy bear, an inner tube, a bowling ball. See, now we, we've gone from really expensive, fancy, gaudy items to just really weird, off-putting, like... Where do you even get the idea to buy these kind yeah, of items? Yeah, golf clubs. Uh, let's see. A teddy bear, an inner tube, a bowling ball, a baseball, a dartboard with three darts, a sink and faucet, a plant, a table, a washing machine, a toaster with some bread, a beach ball, a glass, at least eight books, including a dictionary, a stereo system, a crown, a ruby, 
and random wrapped presents. Of yeah. Gifts that we don't get to see. SpongeBob probably carried about 20 just wrapped presents back and forth. It yeah. Was remarkable. Yeah, we get this wonderful sequence uh, that you have to, I think, on second or third viewing, you'll catch on. But if you ever watch this scene again, pay attention to the inflection of Mr. Krabs changing every time SpongeBob comes back and leaves and comes back and leaves and it's just there's desperation and anger and so much emotion coming through we eventually get to see mrs puff adorned with all of these gifts and treasures in front of her home um she is very overwhelmed by this amount of gifts and at this point it's crazy that she's just still standing there allowing still accepting yeah just being like not telling him to stop at any point seeing that he keeps asking spongebob to leave but you know what to be fair she probably did try to stop but i mean mr Krabs showed off the bat that he was just not hearing the word no no he knew was not in his vocabulary and i know on that i'd like to highlight how spongebob even broke the little sequence to say mr Krabs, like you here you got me here to stop you from spending money but then you give me these really confusing rules and confusing demands you know so here I go spending your money and you get mad at me you know how do I win how do I how do I appease this you know and what does he get he gets sent for more money sent yep. for more items right back on the hamster wheel keep running through um eventually though mrs puff does step in she just finally has enough and says, you know, she can't really accept all of these gifts. It's uncomfortable for her. Um, but she's also a fairly well-off woman as well, owning her own business in town. Absolutely. Seemingly owning the, own, the only boning school in Bikini Bottom. So right. she's pretty well off. Um, she ends up paying Mr. Krabs for all of the items. At least we don't get to see the exact amount, but he seems happy with what he's being handed. So I'm assuming she kind of, paid for at least a good chunk right and you know going back to what you said he's so enthralled with the idea of giving gifts and receiving gifts that when she was just even willing to show hey you know what let's let's try to you know balance this out you know at least let me kind of pay for some of it he went eyes over yeah eyes made a heart he was so in love yeah that like her that's her showing love back it wasn't a kiss it wasn't a hug it wasn't her saying hey i like you wasn't a compliment it was her handing him money which like put him over the moon. So it's super in line with the character and just a lot deeper, if you will. Like I can, I can imagine that while this episode was being written, they were having discussions about maybe how the characters have, you know, accept, you know, how they show love and accept love and how they would, you know, do in this situation and whatnot. How would, how would Mr. Krabs do if he saw a woman he really was attracted to? Right. And we got our answer. We, we did. We did. And, uh, you know, Obviously, my favorite part is when SpongeBob finally, you know, you get the straw that breaks the camel's back where SpongeBob just can't take any more of the running back and forth, the upsetting, but also making Mr. Krabs happy to where the point where it is. You know what? He just kind of snaps, you know, and I think that kind of serves as a good inclination for Mrs. Puff to see, wow, maybe this has gotten a little too far. You know, maybe it is time for me to step in here because if SpongeBob, the nice, happy-go-lucky, always smiling guy can get to that level of upset and anger, you know, maybe that's an indication that we need to calm things down a little bit. Well, they they continue their relationship off and on as the show goes on. If anything, I think she may have been attracted to Mr. Krabs in that moment because she dislikes SpongeBob so much that if there's anyone out there that can rile SpongeBob up to the point that he's seemingly spitting obscenities out in the air, obscenities that she may have not uh, heard of because she pulled out a dictionary to look up. And even um, at one point blushed saying, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Um, 
she might have like been more attracted to Mr. Mr. Krabs at that point because of that situation because like oh you you upset him right I've I've been trying to do I've been trying to get rid of him like that for years he right at once so um and their relationship is cute and it, it is adorable it's nice to have these characters and it's not a relationship that um is ever really a focal point in the show like once in a while it's nice to look in and see how this relationship is doing or we'll get an episode about mr krabs and mrs puffs you know what their what their adventures are going on but uh i've always enjoyed it it's just adorable and we get to see it start here absolutely man you know you get to see essentially two widowed people go back into the date market for the first time and how they go about doing that. And it's so raw and natural that you can't help but think that this is truly how they felt. You know, this is truly how they express themselves. Because like Mr. Krabs said in the beginning, he's like, man, it's been a long time since I've stepped out, you know? So this is all almost essentially new for him. Yeah, know? yeah. We don't know really how long it has been for either character. Unless right. it's, it's been just roughly mentioned about their, their single years. But... But yeah, it's really adorable and sweet, and and I think in the end they both walk away better for it happening. And like I said, they it's something that continues being kind of worked on through the show as the years go on. Right, you know, you get to see it end on a happy note, you know, and that's always great. It is always great. Uh, I just want to give credit to the writers of this episode, uh, Doug Lawrence, Jay Lender, and William Reese. Colin, my friend, thank you for joining me on Thanks this episode for me, of, the, of the podcast. I've been uh, looking forward to it. You're leaving the north soon, heading back down south. Yes, sir. Good old, good old southern states. And I, I do, man, thank you for, for being a part of my life up here for the last few years. And uh, and I can't wait till the next time our paths cross. It goes both ways, man. I appreciate you. You've definitely helped make this uh, northern experience better. You know, I came up here not knowing anybody, not knowing a single thing. And, uh... You really kind of opened up your arms and you became such a great friend and older brother that it just made it smooth, you know, made the transition smooth. And it's definitely great to be able to keep in touch. Glad you had me out here, man. It's been a great experience. Absolutely, man. Till next time, my friend. Till next time, guys. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.